The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 24th chapter. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. This is the gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. God's beloved people, grace to you in peace from God our Creator and from our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This story could have ended at the empty tomb. When I read Luke's account of that resurrection morning, especially the reaction and the response of the disciples, I am reminded that this could have been the greatest story never told. The day began in the quiet of early dawn. The women went to the tomb to anoint the body of their teacher and friend. They had cared for him throughout his life and it was their intent to care for him in death. Except when they arrived, they didn't find death. They were encountered by these two messengers who had a word of life. He is not here. He has risen just as he told you. The women were speechless. They didn't ask any of the questions that we might want answered. How? When? Is there any video footage? Questions like that. Just little questions. They recognized, though, that they were in the presence of the holy. They knelt down. They bowed their faces to the ground, shielding their face. And in that light, they remembered what Jesus had told them, that though he would suffer and die, on the third day he would be raised. They hurried back to the others to share the story, to bear witness to their experience, to all that they had seen and heard. This could have been the end of the story because the other apostles, the ones who had not been to the tomb, dismissed their words as an idle tale. The Greek word here is actually more coarse and doesn't belong in an Easter sermon. But let's just say that the apostles thought the women were full of baloney. <laughs> I get it. It does sound a little far-fetched. 
So Peter went to the tomb to check it out, and he found nothing but the linen grave cloths. He was amazed, we're told, but then he went home. No announcement, no confirmation, no powerful resurrection proclamation. Was he afraid that he would be judged as foolish, as a teller of idle tales? I don't know. But if it had been up to him, this story may have ended in the confusion and the silence of an empty tomb. An empty tomb is not a resurrection story. It reveals the absence of a body, not the presence of a living Savior. This became a resurrection story when the risen Christ showed up, when he appeared to them. He didn't leave them in their confusion and their sorrow. He didn't wait for them to make sense of the empty tomb, to know what to say about it, as if it were some test of faith. He found them wherever they were, and he made his living presence known to them in remarkably tender and personal ways. As Mary Magdalene wandered in the garden outside his tomb, grief-stricken and heavy-hearted, Jesus appeared to her and called her by name. Then she knew he was alive. As friends traveled on the road home toward Emmaus, walking and talking and trying to make sense of all that they had seen and heard, Jesus joined them and took part in the conversation. They were intrigued and inspired by this stranger, but they didn't recognize him until he broke the bread around the dinner table. And then they saw that their friend was alive. When some of the disciples were hidden behind locked doors, terrified of what the future might bring, the risen Christ appeared to them, wounds still showing. He calmed their fears. With words of peace, he gave them courage to unlock the doors and to share the good news that he was alive. And when Peter, who had denied his friend in time of need, when he went back to fishing, Jesus met him there on the shore of the lake. In the face of Peter's shame, he asked him a simple question. Do you love me? Yes, Peter said, I do love you. And Peter knew that he was alive. And because of that, Peter had another chance at life. The power of the resurrection is not found in an empty tomb. It's found in a living Savior who draws near to us in our time of need. Now, I know Easter is about trumpets and choirs and bold proclamations of confident faith. So it's easy to forget that the cast of characters in the Easter gospel, if left on their own, may have been too sad or too afraid or too skeptical to share the good news, to take the story any further. But they were not left on their own. Christ drew near to them, and with life more powerful than death and a love stronger than fear, he shared God's saving grace with them. He opened to them a future that they could not imagine or accomplish on their own. Because of him, they were brought from grief to joy, 
from fear to faith, from shame to love, from death to life. The resurrection became more than a story for them. It became a lived experience. The same was true for Paul, who we hear from today in that second reading. Paul wasn't just confused about Jesus. He was hostile and hateful, tormented and persecuting those who walked in the way of Christ. Yet Christ would not leave him in his hostility and hatred. The risen Christ appeared to Paul on the road to Damascus and called him by name. He swept him up in the Easter story, sharing the resurrected life with him. Paul wrote, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. The power of his resurrection was seen in Paul's dramatic transformation. It found traction as Paul moved from blindness to sight, from despair to hope. He planted seeds, those communities of faith all around the Mediterranean that gathered around the promise that Christ was present with them in bearing witness to the crucified and risen one, in sharing the holy meal, in singing and praying and caring for those in need, the early Christians lived in the light of the resurrection. It was their lived experience as they celebrated and wrestled with what it meant to be people joined to Christ Jesus. The Easter story lived on in them. And it lives on in us. No matter what we bring here with us today, whether we are filled with joy or weighed down with grief and sorrow, whether we have peace of mind or a troubled heart, whether our faith is a bright light or a dimly burning wick, whatever we bring with us today, the risen Christ meets us here. He comes to us in the word and in the meal in the singing and the praying, he comes to us as we share the peace of God with one another. He doesn't wait for us to have the proper understanding of the resurrection, to make sense of the empty tomb. He just shows up and he brings with us the gift, or with him, the gift of God for us those gifts of forgiveness and healing, gifts of peace and hope for the future. He shares with us a love of God that is stronger than death, a love that carries us through this life and into the life to come. This story could have ended with the empty tomb, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, it did not. It lives on in us as our living Savior comes to us and enfolds us into the Easter promise. Christ has died Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Thanks be to God. Amen. We sing together to stand as we sing. <laughs>